The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello and welcome back, my friends, as we start another week together in the Word of God. Thanks for joining us on this Monday morning. Hope you had a great weekend and hope you're keeping your eyes on Jesus and looking forward to what He'll do with you and through you throughout this week. Uh, we're in 1 Peter chapter 4 as we are working our way through, getting to the second half. We have chapter 4 and 5 to go through. And uh, 1 Peter really spends a lot of time referencing Christians and suffering. Why we suffer, what do we do when we suffer, uh, what are some reactions to it, things of that nature. And that doesn't necessarily go away when we get into chapter 4. Actually, in the first few verses, what we're going to look at in chapter 4 is really a mindset of suffering. Suffering's part uh, trials and struggles and battles are part of life. Suffering extra sometimes as a result of Christianity is part of that as well. Uh, but there's a mindset that Jesus encourages us to have in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. So you follow along as I read, where if you, or you follow along in your Bible if you want. For, uh, chapter 4, the Bible says this, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourselves, like eyes, with the same mind, for he that suffer, has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So let me explain what he's saying in this verse. Just like Jesus put on a certain mindset that made him willing to suffer in the flesh, we need to have that same mindset. Now, you'd have to go back to the book of Philippians, chapter 2, to get an understanding of what mindset he's referring to. In fact, Paul uses some of the same terminology in Philippians 2, where he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That mindset, not just necessarily that of a servant, because really when he said he became a servant, he took our place as human race. But he, the mindset was to leave the glories of heaven, to come take on the human limitations of mankind with all of the, the, the struggles and the diseases and all the things and the temptations and battles that we face that Jesus never experienced, being a baby and growing and learning all the things he would learn, and then ultimately being punished for things he didn't do in the cross to pay for our sin. That's the mindset that Jesus had that he's encouraging us to have. But there's an interesting phrase as he finishes it up. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. I looked that up trying to calculate figure out what, uh, what is really being said there. Most theologians come with this premise, that when we suffer in sin, it gives us such, oh, sorry, let me phrase that. When we suffer, um, we have such a different mindset that we're less likely to sin. When, you, when you're battling, uh, personally for me, I know I'm on my knees more with God, I'm praying more, I'm begging God to do things more. Uh, suffering, when we allow it to, it draws us to God. Well, then in our course in doing that will draw us away from sin. That right mindset, helps us to keep our focus on Jesus. So verse two, he continues, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Then he explains a little bit of what it was like in living in the flesh, verse three. For the time past of our life, or before we got saved, may suffice us to have wrought the will, the life of the Gentiles, the life of the unsaved, when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. 
So what he was saying is, it made sense before we got saved that we live like the world. And then he's got a list of things. Frankly, the party life that wanted nothing to do with God and the life that thought whatever felt good, go do. That's really what he's describing there. And so he says that it made sense before we came to Jesus that that's the lifestyle we lived. But now we have Jesus in our life. We have a new life. It doesn't make sense that we live that way. Our mindset should be different. He says in verse 3, For the time past of our life, no, I'm sorry, verse 4. Verse 4 says, Wherein they, the world, thinks it strange that you run not with them that have the same excess of riots, speaking evil of you. So you're going to, it's going to grow in you to be unique to the point where the world's going to say, man, what's wrong with you? Now let me explain something I think is important to clarify here. Sometimes what happens is we might we share the truth of what's there and someone gets this impression. All right, so if I really want to be right or be saved or whatever, I need to stop living the way I did, you know, in the world and I need to start acting like a Christian. While there's truth to that, that comes after salvation. That does not bring salvation. There are too many churches and too many religions out there that teach that you do a lot of good and you take care of yourself and you live morally. And in that morality, you try to throw off sin and try to bring on, try to be spiritual. If you do all of that, and if you do it good enough, maybe you'll be saved. That is not at all what the Bible says. That may be what some churches teach, but that's not what the Bible says. And I warn you, be careful that a church holds its own traditions higher than the Bible. I catch that. Be careful when a church finds its traditions, its traditions as important as the Bible or more important than the Bible. The Bible is the only thing that God has given us to live after. It's the only thing that doesn't change. Many of these churches, their traditions change constantly or their, their church traditions and beliefs change. The Bible does not make the Bible a thing that you follow. And anybody who tells you not to study the Bible for yourself, stay away from them as well. What he's saying is this. When I come to Jesus, I come as I am, living that life. That's who I am. I came in living a life that outside of Jesus, why wouldn't I? That's the way I am. When I come to Jesus, I get saved. Jesus begins to change in me. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't get up there and say, okay, now I got to be like Christ. No, I'm telling you, God opens your eyes to the reality of the, the depravity of that life, to the pain of that life, to the emptiness of that life. And he opens up the reality of the peace and the, and the purpose that comes in a life with Christ. And as you begin to grow, he will begin to transform your mind. Romans 12.2 says, and you'll begin to see things differently and you will just want to change. This is not, I got to be a good Christian, all these rules. No, it's I let God do work in my life and it will transform me. And this is what he's challenged us to do. Then he says, verse 5, who shall give? He's speaking of the unsaved world. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? I want you to catch this. Even the unsaved world, the Bible says, is going to give an account to God. He's ready to judge the quick and the dead. The quick mean alive, those like us. The Bible says been quickened or been brought alive. Our, our spiritual part side was dead, and when we got saved, it was quickened, it was brought alive. And so God speaks to us as those who are alive. We see what we see that we see the life that is wonderful that God wants us to have, the abundant life the world can't see. But just be, you know, this even the unsaved world are gonna be judged by God because He created all of us. Now please remember. God's not purposely setting aside, this is the say, this is the unsaved. God is saying, I want all people to come to me. But even if you choose not to, that doesn't mean you're not judged. You'll still be judged by God. He's still the creator. He's still almighty God. And you will still answer to him uh, for whether or not you chose to accept him. Let's finish with this last verse, verse 6. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Now, believe it or not, there's 
really two primary thoughts. It's a bit controversial. I, there's not, it doesn't really necessarily, in my mind, change a whole lot of our theology and our belief on this, but the two thoughts is that Jesus is still, he's saying that um, gospel preached to them that are dead, to the unsaved, maybe, and that to the unsaved, they might be judged according to all men, but live according to God and the Spirit. So he's saying that maybe it's the unsaved that they needed to hear the gospel, whether or not they accept it. The other belief is this is referring back to when Jesus went down into paradise and he preached the gospel or preached to them what had just happened. It's easier to sometimes believe in context because a few verses earlier, Peter referenced this. Uh, it makes you wonder if that's not what he's referring to. Either way, um, we see that the truth is given out to everyone. Let me challenge us as we think about this. Really, I want to finish going back to how he started these verses in the aspect of a mindset. The mindset, I referenced this earlier, Romans 12, 2. Um, I mean, actually, let's go to Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, he says this, and be not conformed to this world. Don't let this world conform your thinking, your actions, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the rethinking of your mind, that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has given you at salvation a new mindset. Now, you can go back and live the other way. That's a choice. But that new mindset that brings hope, that brings the new man, the new person, the new woman, the, new, the newness in us that gives us that new life, that brand new life that we can move on and put our past behind us. Catch that. Put our past behind us and move on to brand new life. That starts in this mindset. It's not always going to be easy, but it will absolutely be worth it and absolutely be rewarding. And that's the mindset that Jesus challenges us to hold, even in the time of suffering. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Monday morning, giving me a chance to be part of your day. I do hope it's a help. I hope it's an encouragement. Uh, the challenges we read in 1 Peter are not always easy, uh, but they are a reminder that God is there. He loves us, and it'll be worth it all when we stand one day before Him. Thanks again for, again for joining us this morning. We hope you join us again tomorrow.